your angel of death awaits. Batman Book Club, a podcast exploring the Dark Knight Library. I'm your host, Ryan Lauer. The Batman Book Club is a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by Batman on Film. Just go to batmanonfilm.com, click on podcast, and you'll find the Batman Podcast Network. That is a whole list of other Bat-related shows that also like to dive into other nerdy subjects that all of us, especially our leader, Peter Vera, love to frolic about in our free time. Batman Book Club is also on Patreon, so if you like what's going on with the show and you want to help support the show and keep those generators running in the Wayne Manor study, just go to patreon.com slash thebatmanbc. Now, thank you for listening to episode 181, Mask of the Phantasm. Going deep. Deep pull here. I can't do that alone. Uh, pulling in another Ryan. We're going all out here. Uh, doubling up on the Ryans here. It's You've heard his voice here many a times. He's like my adaptation partner at this point uh ryan haas everybody i thought about i thought about (laughs) that for this i'm like aside from the batman forever novelization right i think every adaptation you've been on (laughs) good yeah good there's keep it going (laughs) that's such it, it keeps the the book in batman book club it's such a good change of pace really yep and yeah and um it's one of those things where it's fun to take the core comic book stories that mm-hmm. this podcast and, and of course the character of Batman is known for and to see how he's it interpreted in other formats. And not just that for, for things like the story we're talking about tonight, take, take one story and interpret it into a different yeah. format. I mean, a lot of one of the uh, evergreen questions at the end of most normal batman book club episodes is would you like to see this adapted into animation and (laughs) we're starting with the topic that starts in animation (laughs) would you like to see this adapted in novelization (laughs) yeah Um, like the reverse doesn't even work yeah yeah so i mean you were you were on i mean obviously you were on for spooky month in october but episode 160 we got to do the dark knight novelization um Mm. i'm trying to think when yeah it was after that okay our our good pal, uh, Sir Jay Yaws, uh, he talked to me and he had talked to you about a possible novelization. That's right. Uh, conversation for this show next year. Uh, I know there's That'd somebody else that has approached that has asked me. Um, well, some else I was going to have. I'm going to have back on. But they talked too about doing a, an actual book this time, not a comic book. Um, mm-hmm. Our our Minnesotan friend Garrett he and I have talked about a book that is not in comic form. So um, I think everybody goes to comic books and rightfully so, but there are, and not just in the adaptation world, there are some, some solid novels that I think people will get to 
one of these days in this show and ask, can we do That's this right. book? And I'll be like, yes, because it's a good one. Um, but let's go ahead and, and I mean, let's let's just talk now. Let's talk about Batman in honor of the 30th anniversary of Batman Mask of the Fa- Phantasm. Let's talk about the novelization, Batman Mask of the Phantasm. As the novel is called, though, Mask of the Phantasm, Batman, the animated movie. Yeah. So there you Which, go. Which, as you know, it took me many years to realize, like, it's a play on Batman, the animated series. Yeah. You know, they needed to show, like, it's it's related to the animated series, so they just put Batman, the animated movie. Because they can't call it Batman, the animated series, the movie. Yeah. It's all connected. Uh, this cool. This book, um, what I could find... Was written by I apologize the name Geary Gravel G-E-A-R-Y Gravel okay I'm gonna say go. Gravel okay <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna double up on the Batman book club rule GG and no not Gary Gravel <laughs> GG yeah GG here um, and it was what I saw online it was released in December of 1993 which would make total sense because that's when the movie was released December 25th 1993 uh, the... the cover of this book, I think, is really cool, and it's it's amazing. It's I don't say it, would you say it's exclusive to the novelization? Like this isn't I a think poster is. made for the movie. Okay, it's like a painted. I believe it's a painted uh, artwork. Yeah, that is that was created for this adult novel. Mm-hmm. Now the the uh there are a few different versions of this yeah like yes that's as a kid like at the back of comic books and things you would see like here's all the ancillary things you could get for mm-hmm. mask of the phantasm you saw the movie of course and then there was the vhs later on there's the comic book adaptation there were like a few different versions of that there were the to- the specific toy line just for the movie and then there was a junior novelization and a more adult novelization and as a kid i acquired the kid novelization but i could never find the adult one and it would always look so alluring to me because of that particular artwork i was like oh yeah. man i that's probably a really cool adaptation and that i didn't get it for years and years until shortly after uh, the, the batman book club started because it got me thinking about it the version i have actually says the uh first printing uh release is january 94 okay so let's see Mine also first printing. Let's see. This is. Yeah, I mean, would this be the same thing as like comics sometimes of like a cover date of February, but it was released in December, like one of those sort of deals. Okay, could be. Is either December 93 or January 94. The movie movie (laughs) being released in Christmas. Maybe the book didn't make it out for a couple weeks. So. Bantam, looking at Bantam right underneath Batman. If you're mm-hmm. dyslexic, that could cause problems. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, uh, yeah. First glance, I always thought it was Batman. Like Batman, Batman uh, books. Wait up, Batman books. Wait, is that a typo? Nope. Like it's Bantam. It's meant to be Bantam. Okay, got it. Um. So, anyways, so yes, this was released either in December '93 or January of 1984. Um. Uh, 
Haas, we can totally skip why we chose this because 30th anniversary mask of the phantasm you and i like to dip into these adaptations on anniversary dates that's the batman book club touch um so well, i'll just say then i'll skip to the next of when was the first time that you read this it was this year i mean when i picked it up for the first time i uh gave it a cursory glance and and saw some really intriguing little passages but uh for this show this year was the first time i read it waiting for the much like most of the appearances i have on the, this show <laughs> i i try to pick things that i've actually never read before it's good it's a good motivator yeah because um, like you actually in 2020 that's when i bought this novelization as well and surprisingly it was pretty darn affordable um i'm trying to look right now because i i looked earlier on ebay uh Earlier on eBay, yeah, now it's just stone, not popping up. But it was a little pricey, and I know I spent like mm. seven, eight bucks, I think, in twenty twenty mm-hmm. on this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, somebody's trying to sell it for uh, seventy five dollars and forty nine cents. Free shipping though, so hey, there's a oh, bargain for you. There you go. Yeah, there you go, people. But no, like kind of like you, that twenty twenty. I've mentioned it many times on here. Of I bought a lot of, you know, I. I dipped into the nineties in nostalgia and I bought a lot of stuff that year. And, and this was one of them. Yeah. And I should also mention, so I did see online of like, you know, this is a bit long out of print. Um, right. If you look online, you can read it digitally, but it's through the, let's see, uh, internet archive. So uh, it's, okay. it scans of the book. Uh, you could there's a way that you can read this, but um, aside from having the copy in your hand. Um, mm-hmm. So these are these are always fun and a little challenging, I think, when we had, when we cover novelizations on here, which I don't know what this is, what number this is of an actual novelization for the show. Uh, but it's like in taking notes, I want to I want to make sure that I'm you know thorough but mm-hmm. also not too ridiculous and be like on page four, this and this. So right. I've I've done up a bunch of notes. You and I have talked back and forth. Right. And I mean, we can just highlight because I think anybody listening to this show, they know Mask of the Phantasm. Yeah, we did something extremely similar for. Well. <laughs> yeah, we did something similar for uh, The Dark Knight. Yeah. And I thought that was pretty successful. Oh, I guess um, I guess I can say let's. Let's dip into just like a little bit of our history. So what was your yeah. uh, experience with Mask of the Phantasm? Not the novelization, just the movie. Just the movie itself. Yeah. I I did not see it uh, in the theater, though I mm-hmm. do remember seeing plenty of advertisements for it. Um, yeah. You know, that that shot, that that uh, um, clip of the Joker, you know. It's not too safe with the weirdos around. Like I yeah. remember that yep. line very clearly, um, but I I think it was just uh, the the uh, the theater in our town only had two screens, and as it's historically old known, old school that theaters, old school theater, mm-hmm. and it's a it's very widely known that the Basket of the Phantasm was only in theaters for one two weeks three weeks max, and it was over Christmas, so it was a weird time to for some people to in small towns like us to see it. So our theater didn't even get it. Uh, Mm -hmm. We would have had to have driven, you know, 
45 minutes to an hour probably out of town to see, to to see it and that plus it's over christmas i'm sure my, my family just like i wasn't no. <laughs> a, a capable enough to be like oh we have to see this um yeah it's at the theater like i probably wasn't able to articulate like this is a movie in the theater versus this is coming direct to video or whatever so my first experience was direct to video uh mm-hmm. when it came out on on video I remember getting, uh, I don't know if we rented it first or if we just bought it. I'm sure we just, I'm sure I was just purchased straight up. Um, I, cause I got that clamshell. I knew that the comic book adaptation was, uh, in the back. The mini at some point, the miniature version the, of the it, miniature yeah. version, the miniature mm-hmm. version. But I, I also have both, uh, both versions of the full size adaptation, the, the new stand nice. and the prestige. And I don't know if I got those before I saw the movie or after I'm sure it was after I'm sure. Um, but uh, once I found out that each clamshell copy had a comic book, every time we would go to any video store, mm-hmm. I would track down. I would go and see if they had mask of the phantasm and I would see if, that copy had the comic book in the back. I would pull out. And if it did, I would pull out the comic book and say, Hey, look, there's a free thing in the back of this. Like, can I have it? And I think I ended up getting two or three extra copies of the nature mask of the phantasm, uh, comic book back in the day. So yeah, I've always been a huge fan of mask of the phantasm. I always wished I would have seen it in the theater. Uh, always thought it was one of the best, stories and adaptations of Batman that there has ever been. Um, I got this. I remember getting uh, the soundtrack CD mm-hmm. and uh, every time we would go to the beach as a kid in the, mm-hmm. in the summer, they had like, you know, I don't know, like the Virgin Megastore or whatever. And we would go to that and I would get a couple of new, like soundtrack movie, soundtrack CDs. One, one year I got the mask of the phantasm and, listen to the heck out of that thing um so it's always been a very uh important like milestone like mount rushmore batman thing for me um so it's always so it was really great to come back and uh explore this yeah i I've, so I, over the years i've like i've gotten the the toys and the action figures and even the new dc direct thing i've got a phantasm like on the wall over there um it's always been uh, and it's like it's so unique and special because of how spe- unique and special the animated series was, yeah. and the fact that like even though they've done other really good Batman animated movies uh, since, this one is always feels different and special because it was the first one, because it was yeah. theatrical, um, because of the the way the story was constructed, you know, like the, the big uh, crux of the story was something that I believe like the seed of the story was from Alan Burnett. Like he always, this was like from him and it got extrapolated to the other writers uh, on the animated series team. So you can really tell like the story is told with a lot of like conviction and it feels like very decidedly different than your standard, typical Batman story or even Batman animated series story. It's, darker it feels like you know it feels like the season finale of a series of a series where like oh the stakes are different (laughs) you know big things are different 
and it feels weirdly um as anime in uh influenced as the regular animated series feels that mask of the phantasm feels like even a step further towards it's like anime influences to me it feels mm-hmm. like a, another anime lens in terms of the um the new villain like the phantasm yeah it's, and and the identity of the phantasm and how that ties into the love story it's i don't know for whatever reason it feels very <laughs> anime ish to me um and if you go back and listen to um our uh, episode on child of dreams i'm i don't know if i mentioned that connection there but but there i feel like a lot of similarities there in terms of like storytelling and construction it almost feels yeah. like a story that could be that that without glance like oh maybe this is is who's telling the story it feels like it's it's atypical it's it's not like the standard sure. like oh off the shelf batman story so i'm i know you and i are uh we're close like i know like year wise yes but at, like months apart in age um so a lot of times our exposure is pretty spot on um and that's how mine was too i didn't see this in theaters mm-hmm. uh ours was going uptown to we had two video stores at one time in our small town and we went up the one and i remember they would have a they would have a new release where you could buy the vhs like propped up um they're at the counter and a mask of the phantasm was one and it was in. Remember the the Disney VHS cases, how they were different than yeah. regular VHS. Yeah, cases. the clamshells. Yeah. Yes, and those. Yeah. So that's what you meant by clamshell. And Batman, yeah. this one was black, and I was like, mm-hmm. "Wow!" It came with the comic adaptation. It was like, "Wow!" And I remember one night my mom came home actually, and she had that and Mrs. Doubtfire. She bought them both. <laughs> wow. And I think it was to try and cover tracks that um, I wasn't the spoiled younger one. She was like, Ryan, I got you Batman mess, the new Batman movie. And she got, she's like to my brother. I'm like, I got you, Mrs. Doubtfire. It, he was not in any way. <laughs> like, was oh. like, I want Mrs. Doubtfire, you know, sort of deal. But that was like, I think the cover so that it wasn't yeah. just like, oh, yeah, Ryan, you know that Ryan is obsessed with Batman. So we got him this Batman. Um, but I'm kind of like with you on everything <laughs> that you kind of said on why this was special, because like yeah. this was. Like at that time in the 90s, this was kind of our only way of having the animated series like at our disposal whenever we wanted to watch it. Unless you recorded right. Fox Afternoons. Which I did, which uh, I yeah, totally and did. Which yeah. I did on some too. Um, and so and it just felt it felt like it was a bigger deal in that case because mm-hmm. it actually had a Batman case, you know, and all that stuff. Yeah. So that was my exposure to it was when it came out on vhs and i watched the hell out of it um when it came out on dvd i bought it on dvd and i watched the hell out of it and then yeah i mean almost you'd almost think every release um that they had like when they when wasn't warner archives did it like the first blu-ray release the Mm blu-ray so then i bought that and then the animated series came out on blu-ray and it was included so i got that and then they did the 4k release a couple months ago and i finally that's where i was like i'm not going to i'm not going to and i held off need to um got all of them came with digital and got digital too so this is just one of it's in it's in a class of its own um there are some really good batman animated movies for sure and if some people want to put that above Mask of the Phantasm, I get it. That's fine. I just think that there is a majority of people that just kind of have accepted and go with this is 
the best animated Batman movie. Um, mm-hmm. And and then I what I really like with these novelizations and like in reading this, it's almost a bummer that the first time I saw this was as a kid. Because right. I didn't really get to follow along the story and then have the revelation of spoilers Andrea being the phantasm, you know? And it's like, I just yeah. always knew she was because whenever I, whenever I watched the movie, I knew that she was, and I didn't totally follow it. And mm. now even in reading the novelization and I'm like you, the novelization helps you kind of like, I think appreciate more of like really great storytelling, you know? Yeah. Um, And, and this, and like this story in itself, the whole mask of the phantasm story is just really, really good. And so I was, I didn't yeah. put the pieces of it all together. You know, I, it was like, you just start as you get older, you can watch things differently. And so, yeah, after I'd watched, it, I don't know how many times watching it as like an older teen, I was starting to view it a little bit differently. And, and I was like, Oh wow, that's actually really smart. And um, some of those moments highlighted in the novel, I think uh, are also really well done. So I think there's, I mean, we'll, we can kind of hop all over the place. Um, like number one, I think can just get out of the way. And I've done like a mm-hmm. list of like lines that are just different, um, mm-hmm. either different or included in the novel and excluded from the movie. I think that was the most of the cases where there was a lot of lines that weren't in the movie that were in the novel. And then lines that were in the movie were also in the novel most of the time too. Right. Um, I right. think what I found the most was that there's some lines of Batman and Bruce that were ex- like cut out from the movie that I'm glad they were cut out of the movie. And that might just yeah. be because I've watched the movie so many times that now to try to add this line into it. Because some, it's, it's so just, committed to memory. Yeah. But I feel, out of it, like, though, I feel it, it just the movie is so well paced that. Yep. You know. It, it like it works in the novel, but like in the in the movie, the shortened line it was with, with, with whatever editing is going on. It just mm-hmm. it works so much better in the in the movie. Like yeah. f- from the get go, like one line in which the the book starts like opening of Batman on a gargoyle and then goes into the, mm-hmm. the crooks and a chunky's hole mm-hmm. and stuff, whereas mm-hmm. the movie just goes right like it skips the gargoyle part. But in that fight yeah. scene in the book, you know, and Batman says, you you guys just don't get it, do you? And it's like, he doesn't say yeah. anything in the movie. And I'm like, yeah, that's the case where, you know, Keaton would always hey, we kind of under the impression in returns of like less is more. And here's a case where, yeah. Like, yeah, I think also here less is more. So I'm yeah. envisioning that a lot of I'm like, eh, are you? yeah, a lot of those differences between novel and movie. You always wonder if it's um, is this just like especially when it comes to dialogue mm-hmm. is this something that's in the script uh that got changed or cut and that's just what they were working with when they wrote it or was it a conscious thing that the writer changed yeah to to fit uh, a written narrative better and usually with dialogue if it's like not a new scene usually with dialogue that usually means it's it was that way in the script but it's but it's always kind of hard to tell unless you've got the two side by side or you've got the author like telling you like what the process was there. But for the intro, like mm-hmm. um, 
I thought the intro was really good. It's probably one of the, I even wrote in my notes, I, th- I wrote, um, it's one of the, like in chat in that very, very first chapter, it's one of the better prose descriptions of Gotham and Batman that I think I've read in one of these novels to date. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, the movie opens up with, you know, CG Gotham and credits and it, and it, it saves its Batman entrance for a big flashy moment. But I think what, um, Gravel was trying to do here is is his open he has like an opening I think that tries to echo the end of the movie you know Batman you know, being iconic Batman and launching yeah. off I think it just starts him it tries to start yeah. you off at a kind of a like a cool like bookend Batman is we're starting the adventure Batman's in the city like you could almost see in my mind's eye I was I was I was like oh you could almost see the bat like if the intro of the of the movie of the CG Gotham kept going you know, maybe you could see Batman, you know, mm-hmm. as described in the for, in the opening of this novel. Um, I like that. I, I so like that. Yeah, I like that opening. It kind of <laughs> I like how I like. Yeah. And I like how it um it it tries its best it, it to describe. Uh, Batman's uh, what Batman looks like and and his op- methods of operation and everything for a while before just calling him Batman. Like it really tries to like not just take the easy way out and be like, oh Batman's here. Everybody knows Batman. But it tries to it tries to ease you in as if like you've never heard of yeah what Batman is. You don't know what this cool. book is. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. You oh wait, know, that's Batman. But, oh my god. But but I like that the book uh takes its time to be a novel. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Especially early yep. on there. I agree. And I mean, we can jump all around and everything, but in the movie, of course. And then in the novel, they comment about like, what are they making? They're making counterfeit money mm-hmm. in the novel. And so this is what I found myself. That was really funny. You and I were on the same page of we were both not together, but like we were both watching the movie and then we were going to read. Well, because mm-hmm. I kept questioning Wait, is this in the movie or is this in the like I was yeah. just doing that yeah. back and forth? I, I was deli- I was trying <laughs> I was trying not to watch the movie I, because I was like I wanted the book to be the book, but yeah. I know the movie so well. When when they would hit moments like that, I'm like, I don't think the movie had the money falling out of the case, did it? But but a or really that, is that what that was? A really nice touch. In okay, in the Batman '89 comic adaptation, did we see the Joker one dollar bill? In the comic adaptation, we did. Okay, so much like that, excluded from the movie. This is, I mean, it's well, not the same. It's a like a little similar. Later in this book, when Joker is talking to Arthur, he says that uh, Sal paid him in counterfeit bills, and I mm, thought that was mm-hmm. such a nice little touch, bringing all the way back to the beginning. To where mm-hmm. in the movie, even I'm like, oh, man, that's just like one line. And that's like mm-hmm. to bring it back around to something that's kind of like a fun. Oh, I get it. To link it to something much earlier on. That's kind of like <clears throat> it doesn't matter. They're making counterfeit money. They're there for what? You know what I mean? But it's just like a small little yeah. touch there that um, yeah, I thought was actually like per- like perfect. It was just so funny because it is. It's such a small freaking thing. Clearly, I didn't miss it um because you just think mobsters have money well they have counterfeit money and the guy tried to pay off joker with counterfeit money and which joker's like i knew it smelled funny (laughs) (laughs) yeah 
but it, it's, it's little moments like that it's just enhanced the storytelling that's yeah. already there it's already present it doesn't take away from anything but it just enhances it but it, in, it's in how there, it's I fine for the movie so yeah and when i watched the movie again after i read the novel it's like in my mind when you're uh, filling in the blanks Sal, that you've read. exactly and which yeah. i that's what i always think when if i haven't read a book yet and then and a movie based on that book's coming out and i want to see the see the movie i'll see the movie then read the book because i'm like the book's gonna yeah. expand the world so i'd rather just yeah, go in that's that how you want to do it mm-hmm. so let's see uh something like as we move along towards the like they're at the beginning the nice little exclamation point is of uh batman stomping on the table to knock out the guy in the movie is not there in the book it seems like there's a lot more fighting described in the novel than what showed up yeah. in the movie which is also yeah. fine um not a big deal yeah. Phantasm's first dialogue is your angel of death awaits you, Saul. Um, Actually, it's 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 expanded too. you know, your angel of the way you gaze upon your death mask. There you go. Is what the the phantasm says, which is it's another thing that it's so small, but it's also kind of like weird. It's small. That's too many. Like, oh, that was the it's too much. Or Uh was that supposed to tie into like what the mask? like the Mm -hmm. phantasm's mask because you know again like in the movie the phantasm is never named referred to as the phantasm and in the book in the book you get i mean it's the standard the newspaper people called called the creature the phantasm but but there is but that's there it's in the book and it's not in the in the movie Mm -hmm. um everything kind of plays out the same as normal. It's just kind of like location where in the book it describes things as being, you know, it's on the rooftop compared to like a parking garage being like, you know, w- not the roof mm-hmm. um, closer to the top. But similar deal when the car crashes, though, all that counterfeit money goes and starts raining, like falls out and starts raining. Yeah. Um, in the book, it describes that he's dead. I guess we don't see the body that he's wait in the movie. See, not oh, here. I go questioning like, wait, do we see him? We just hear the. The horn in the movie. The horn, yeah. Um, all that like to me, I could I could picture it. Nothing jumped out as being too different. Jumping to the mm-hmm. press conference, I think was expanded. Summer Gleason actually had lines mm-hmm. in the novel, and mm-hmm. Arthur Reeves. Like you, it, they paint a better picture. Hold on, not better. They paint more of a picture of like for us to jump to conclusions about him. From the get go, yeah. whereas in the movie, you yeah. can just be like, oh, this is a guy that's just like pushing back against. He's Batman. another suspect. Maybe by the time you're starting to kind of suspect him, he gets taken out off the table. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Um, I mean, it bounces around. I highlighted definitely that Alfred made a Vichyssois reference. Yep, totally. Here, us Bat nerds, we know Vichyssois. That's only uh, a year after Batman Returns, too. Exactly. So yeah. Pretty- Pretty and there's good. something in this that yeah we'll come back to that also made me think about Batman Returns um, when we get to the like the end. Um, chapter five, though, at the time in reading it, <laughs> yeah. a guy's name, Burton Ernie. Burton Ernie. First off, brilliant that that's the name, Burton Ernie. <laughs> I laughed and even said it like out loud. I'm like, Burton Ernie. Hey, Bert. Yeah. Um, a chapter he is basically we get this little backstory on this guy named Burton Ernie who was there of like of that incident. I thought the placement was weird in that we jumped from that big incident in the 
uh, car crash and everything. Then we went to the press conference and then we got then we in went the back, back cave and then we went back mm-hmm. to this guy who yeah. we get his little story of he watched the car fall and got the picture and the money falling and everything. And then that was yeah. it. And then it just moved on. And I was yeah. like, yeah, that's not in the movie. And I see why that wasn't in the movie. Why? It kind of yeah. it seems like, where's this there. going? Because when I when I hit that, too, I was like, OK, this is this has to be a novelism. This has to be a we're pat. I was like, are we do we need to pad out the novel like this is go. Where is this going? This is going somewhere. But it was like a one chapter thing. And then the movie proceed the, the book proceeds on as like nothing ever happened. And then I'm thinking like something's got to happen here. Like, I don't know how this I don't know how Burton Ernie is going to come back into the story, <laughs> but it's got a there's going to be a punchline in here. You know? And uh, we'll put a and pin on the, the legend of Burton Ernie and yeah. we'll, he he'll show up again here soon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Two lines I marked down in the notes and I shared them with you because there's there's, there's some lines in this movie. So much like what you said of earliest memories of this movie one definitely uh joker you can't be too careful with all those weirdos around and then the image of batman running after phantasm there in the parking garage where we're looking at him as he's running towards the camera um that was everywhere that was the back of the movie case like those two images would always stick in my mind for um, this movie there's also lines that really stick out uh harley quinn as uh is it miss bambi miss bambi he says the i word engagement Engagement. that yeah always makes me laugh and as well as when she says later on and she's like brucey where are you which yeah in the book it's brucey where have you gotten to um which seemed really weird to say and then the way that kevin conroy r.i.p um nailed the with arthur you know where you can stick it I always <laughs> yeah. thought like yeah. god what a badass it's... delivery yeah <laughs> yeah yeah always loved it yeah uh let's see here officer raymond t o'neill and his yep. new partner harvey t bullock in the flashback when bruce was trying out his his night on the town stopping um stopping some crooks they described that scene and in my mind was like oh, okay yeah this is in the movie um, where Harvey or Bullock does the spitting of his coffee on the windshield, except in the movie, Bullock yep. calls him Jonesy. So, okay. okay. Not a big deal, but yeah. just two different, just different names. So now I'm really curious on, because the guy in the movie looks like, oh, we've seen this guy popping up with, G, you know, GCPD in the series mm-hmm. and stuff. And so mm-hmm. it's just like a, a little thing to like i'm mm-hmm. when i watch i'm just gonna keep an eye out and you know, keep my ears popped sort of deal because montoya's even referenced uh later on in the uh, book okay too yeah um let's see bruce where are you um a small thing but i like that it, cha- but i like that chapter though too i mean mm-hmm. it's just because bullock bullock is more of a player in this story than gordon really um he really gordon is the, yeah, yeah yeah good point yeah yeah, and Gordon's taken you know, off the table like really early. He takes on, himself like the off movie. the table. He's like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to be part of any part of this. I'll have you know? no part in it. Um, I'll have no part in it. I'm out of this movie. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. like, you see, <laughs> pretty so much. Bullock is like, oh yeah, you know, I want to take down Batman. And so he's even in Bullock's even in the in the flashbacks. So you kind mm-hmm. of 
get uh get a bit more context so it makes and i like sense that. that the book would have 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 more bullock set up in there more extrapolation of his character a little bit uh when when bronski goes to the graveyard and this is something that i just think is i'm not gonna say like what's the point but i'm curious of like how this plays out because yes when so many things are such small details then like who cares but also that's that's fun to be like okay so when at what point was it in the development who cares so bronski's right. wreath was black it's described as black did he when he's at the graveyard to go uh mm-hmm. lay it on uh, um chucky's tombstone mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. the movie it's a green wreath smallest mm-hmm. freaking detail but do you just think like did old Gigi here just think, ha, I'm going to mess with them. I'm going to make it a black wreath. Or was he informed it was a black wreath? And then an animation of the movie, they were like, no, we got to have it green. You know, small detail, but it's also yeah. like when we overlook or not overlook, when we look too much into things, these are the kind of questions that pop up in my head. Yeah, Who said yeah. this could be I mean, black and not green? <laughs> but I mean, it is so oddly specific. It's a it's such a specific oddly detail. specific. Yeah. Yeah. That that you're like, oh, he. Either he changed it for, you know, it's like, was he changing it for dramatic effect because something bad is about to happen to him? Or or is it was it something gripped or the movie and it got changed later? Yeah, it's a good mm-hmm. question. Uh, with that, and, and then Phantasm has a little bit more dialogue, um, nothing earth shattering, but just has a little bit more in the movie. I think it's performed well where Bronski yells um, for the boys and they're like, Mr. Bronski. Yeah. Maybe yeah. you say Mr. Bransky in the book. They only hear like a crash, <laughs> which is interesting yeah. to me because in the movie, which that terrified me as a kid, actually, because I was just like, oh, my gosh, what if I ever fall in a hole and like a statue falls on me? Um, yeah. And then you're and you're done. But it'd be interesting. of like in the book, the way it's described of a crash. And it's like, well, a statue falling into dirt. Would that really make a noise? Uh, again, right. Too much into it. <laughs> right. But then they the boys, they find his they find his flashlight and they do their own little detective work and tracking his footprints, which isn't present in the movie. They just show up right. at the spot itself. So small, right. different, small description, but also it's like, okay, that's something that's a little bit different than in the movie. Um, Let's see. Andrea and Arthur's uh, sitting for dinner. We follow them to the table. So before we have that zoom on the movie, and Batman's watching and reading lips. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually mm-hmm. are inside following them to the table, then cut to that. So there's just like a little bit more context to their yeah. to their conversation. Nothing that changes, um, you know, changes anything between the two, but just marked it as something else that's different. While Batman is on the binoculars, he has his flashback to World's mm-hmm. Fair. Mm-hmm. This is where we return to the legend of Bert and Ernie. As <laughs> he's in the Andreas, past, he's in the past at they're at World's Fair, in which he's a couple years their senior, while Bruce and Andrea are having ice cream. Just not in the movie. They're having ice cream, and near them in the booth is a man a couple years their senior, who's there with his mom and dad. His name is Bert and Ernie. And his parents are basically asking him, like, so, boy, are you going <laughs> to do something with your life? 
And it, I'm like, at this point, it's like, okay, we're getting more to the legend of yeah. Gordon Ernie. Um, <laughs> yeah. Didn't waste much time in, in going back to to add on to his story, but um, funny little touch, but also in the movie, scratch old Bert and Ernie, and you can just think, too, of where it picks up in the movie. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> now when I watch it, they had their ice cream. <laughs> yeah. Not a big deal. Also, though, that's why we read this, is to find those little small changes from the movie. Additions um, from the movie. Um, let's see. In the book, she says to Bruce, you wouldn't look half bad with a mustache. Did you think of good old Matches Malone right away? Oh, yeah, of course. Because it's be, that whole right? scene. In the, <laughs> yeah, in the movie, it's it's um, you start to see, oh, this is where Bruce kind of starts to get ideas about the future. And, oh, there's mm-hmm. like a prototype. Think about the future. And, yeah, exactly. And just to have uh, another another future Batman toolbox ism introduced yeah. there it was a good ad. Yep, I think so too. It's it's one of those things of if you know, you know, but if you don't, yeah. it doesn't. You're not like out totally. of love or anything. It, you can keep going right along, and you can take that completely as just a throwaway comment, and it's not a big deal. Which are all those yeah. are always the best. I am. Um, I marked down, but I don't know that there were any changes other than maybe a couple words different of Bruce checking out the automobile of the future, which, yeah. as we know in the movie, is the Batmobile. Um, well, yeah, when another... he talks about like jet thrusters and yeah, yeah, battery turbines to power, turbines to speed. yeah, battery to power, turbines to speed. Um, another line that Conroy says perfectly, and I read it this way or heard it this way in the book, because it's almost like so cheese ball but the sure i'm sure you know and like this totally almost hokey smile that's animated but then conroy yeah. delivering it in the way too that that's a line to me that is like ingrained in my head of sure i'm sure it's yeah. almost too hokey but like in a way that i love it um andrea wants to introduce bruce to her dad and he says you know he says yes and she says about like, let's find you something to wear. I thought this was a perfect spot where they could throw in there. Alfred, let's go shopping. Oh, yeah. Too, too <laughs> like that's, that's OK, but it could have. Um, that was not that was not mentioned. There's no um, in the movie. There's no montage described in here of they go uh, go to Macy's and, you know, right. Make Bruce look nicer. But I'm. Um, in the movie, he's wearing the exact same thing, and it looks fine. Like it's uh, sure, I'm sure. Uh, another thing with the coloring deal is that the old GG describes that the you know the biker gang, um, with the with a jewel jewel or jewelry vendor. There we go. Describes mm-hmm. both of them, and both are very different from what we see in the movie. Right. Um, they're definitely described in the book. The biker gang. Of all sorts of like spiked hair and you know bad boys from across the tracks, almost Mad Max looking right. <laughs> right. dudes. And then the vendor has a green cap and a brightly patterned sweater. And yet in the movie, they're totally like two different colors. So then again, right. it brings a whole. Who is that? Because he was given a script with the description, or he just made it up, right? And like they just did their own thing. Because in the end, it it doesn't matter, right? 
and yeah, then it's the, hard to tell. And then the uh, the dialogue from the gang, which I don't remember any of it because I also just remember in the movie of the one guy, he goes, <laughs> you know, sort of like, yeah, laugh. totally. <laughs> oh, God, <laughs> like, I don't like that guy's laugh in the in the movie. <laughs> And though it's not described in the novel, it's like, ah, man, I hear it though. That's uh, you guys yeah. are saying whatever yeah, they're you're not saying. Descri- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, geez. Right up there with Tommy Lee Jones, uh, Two Face. <laughs> yeah. Good laughs in the 90s. Let's <laughs> see. Oh, um, but we did kind of skip over like the, the early. Bring it back. Like the early stuff where they uh first met and like right out you know after the bullock stuff is where or during all that that's where um you have you know bruce is one of bruce's like first nights out uh before he's batman you know trying to mm-hmm. uh battle crooks you know <laughs> you know arms spread blah, blah 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 like so you get to see more of it that expanded a little bit um what was different and- in that like or like what was added in the novel well with that? Like, i don't know if it was necessarily added it was just a different like interpretation of it where okay you there was a lot more fighting i felt and there was a lot more moments where you got to see i felt like you could see have a there was like a almost a better interpretation of uh his thought process as going through that mm-hmm. in the movie you get a lot True. of it in this dialogue with Alfred later where he's talking about, uh, like I was really, really successful, but they, but they weren't afraid of me. I felt like you were, you could, you could tell that even earlier, like during the scene, like he was, Oh, there was extra stuff in there about like his intonation as he's saying things of like a oh, Bruce, when he says like arm spread, like there was like a tinge yeah. of like hesitancy, like he also, or like he landed and he would somersault and he like landed not perfectly, but like, you know, but he was still sure of what he was doing. So it had a lot of like good dialogue in there about how he's not Batman yet, but he's got most of the tools down kind of thing. And you could pick up on a lot of that in that scene. So I thought that was really well written. Mm-hmm. I can't, it's like fuzzy, but I remember. So unfortunately, when there's a lot of like mm. when there's action being described in the fighting and stuff like that, too, I'm not like I don't hang on to that as well as I do dialogue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when there was like a lot of like the scripture that was like, oh, OK, it's like a somersault and a, and a punch. And yeah. Him. And he does a lot okay, of somersaults in that scene. He's like <laughs> he's like somersaulting over here. He's somersaulting <laughs> over there. He had more Did dialogue you... with like the. Uh, um with like the the guard that ha- they had tied up, you know, mm-hmm. uh, like moving her out of the way and saying like, "Excuse yeah. me, gotta go be Batman, pr- proto Batman." <laughs> I don't know who that is yet. Yeah, you you weigh a little more than one hundred and eight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that have been that have been great. Um, let's see uh, the proposal to Andrea. Now mm-hmm. this is in that after uh, the proposal and yes and all that. And the bats come flying out of the cave. And he in the book, he says, quite a sight, isn't it? And Andrea says, I wouldn't exactly call it a good omen. I've always been a little bit afraid of bats. Yeah, we're like, I like that. That's a good like. That's a fun little nugget for us in reading it. How I think the movie can do this, can give you the same 
vibe and um, feeling without that dialogue is that's where Shirley Walker's score comes into play. Of course. None yeah. of that needs to be said. And yet we, I mean, us as kids are like, it's bats because he's going to be Batman, you know, sort of deal. It they right. make that work visually and through the music that um, I don't miss the lines, but that doesn't mean that I don't like the lines either in the book. Right. Um, I read that and I was like, ah, nice. But in the movie, it's yeah. like, ah, nice. Right. Oh, uh, let's see. The, the next day when uh, the ring is returned to Bruce in the book, it says that he cr like cries of anguish. And I was like, yeah, glad that was not in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, there. Yeah. If we if we get into the the comic book adaptation, uh, yeah, then I'll, I'll have, have some. Of this got about got that. some more comments. OK, uh, yeah. let's see uh, when. uh when my pal Sal goes and meets up with Joker, we <laughs> in the movie, it's he walks, just walks up and there he is, as opposed to in this, yeah. um, Sal sees his like a silhouette and outline for interacting. Yeah. With him. And Joker's machine right. gun takes out is it like the robot or no, the music. There's music playing, I think it says, and he shuts it off because any comments about um comments about the song i believe and then he has a good line i like this line i think it could have been i like i could totally hear hamill saying it and he's it's been a dog's age and an elderly pooch at that and i'm like oh and my gosh that's pooch at that yeah there it is mark are you here <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a line that i'd think i think totally could have worked in the movie it's great yeah i think that's a great line um whether that yeah. was originally written in the script for the movie or not i don't know but uh I, right. I like that line quite a bit. Uh, something that I interpreted in reading um, and then watching the movie, I could have just interpreted it. I could have been projecting is I, I forget how it said the description of like how Joker's sitting, but I envisioned from Batman yeah. number one where Joker's like his fingers are interlocked, but the two, yeah, he does that in the movie, up. but yeah. like in the movie, I think they're all down. It's not directly like that. So it's like close enough. I could have been projecting, but maybe it is. And I, I didn't go back and like reread it, but yeah. that was just like the, the visual yeah. reference I had in my head is that he's sitting yeah. like that. And anybody listening, they know the image I'm talking they about know. from Batman yeah. number one of Joker next to the radio. Hmm. Yeah. Thinking. Yeah. Um, I, I commented down. Let's see. Oh, I think it's, I think it's cool. Totally works in the movie. And this is a, a total flipping that I think works great. Batman and Andrea's um I always thought it was her apartment, but apparently she keeps saying the hotel. We get that scene where Arthur walks her to her door. Uh, in the novel, it's from Batman's perspective and him like mm. him breaking mm -hmm. into the room mm -hmm. and then he hears her and Arthur and then sees them and that stuff. Whereas in the movie, you know, it, she sees, comes she, in and then she knows he's already there. Yep. And turns on that light and there he is standing there. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. she's not I surprised. Two differences, two mediums. Both of them work like best, I think, for how they yeah. how they did it, how they did it differently. Yeah. Yeah. Described really well. Um, Let's see. 
the oh and the phantasm so um i don't know valestra's apartment um townhouse the after the explosion uh batman there's no batwing in the novel is the batwing is what comes upon the phantasm and then batman gets out right he's actually just you know he's he's on the prowl and you hear like the grapple gun and then he goes over to phantasm and then the scene plays out much like it does in the movie but mm -hmm. i thought that, that was i i that one i went back and i think i did a whole like watch and read it's like wait there's no batwing no there's no Batwing. Yeah. mentioned that's another that's another comic comic thing we'll get into yep yep and Quickly, as you know, from the movie that shifts from Batman and Phantasm fighting to Batman chasing Phantasm or no flip that chasing then fight and then GCPD chasing Batman. Right. There's right. one of those funny little moments. Um, Like, I feel like we. In my head, what's popping in my head, like right away is Batman begins and Batman going through the cell and telling the two guys at Arkham there of like, excuse me. As he walks through, uh -huh, it's a uh -huh. similar kind of thing here of Batman uh -huh. going by and there's a woman inside her place taking a bath and he scares the shit out of her. Um, <laughs> don't need it in the movie. Yeah. Don't miss it in the movie. But yeah. it's a fun little addition. I love you know, like that kind sentences. of stuff, though. Yep. Yeah. yeah, it's fun little fun little things that take him or leave him. But um, yeah, it's fun. Um, Then comes it's chapter 26. The continuing adventures of Bert and Ernie. Of Bert and Ernie. You're just like, <laughs> what? Oh, here we're finally, finally more we get back to Bert and Ernie. More context of old Bert and yeah. Ernie. And he is in Park Row helping one Dr. Leslie Tompkins and yeah. her and uh what do you want to say? Her right hand woman, Maggie. Yeah. Go ahead. Describe this one. I, I just was like. When you get here, you're like, oh, okay. Ooh, yeah. Bert and Ernie has a purpose here. Um, <laughs> he does. We're invested you know, in this guy now. You know, it's it's his third appearance. Um, and you're like, okay, this it feels like this is going somewhere. You know, because now that he's here in the middle of the book, I'm like, okay, he's gonna show up. He's gonna have some like big th important thing that's that happens at the end. I don't know what it is yet. Yep. But, you know, I, at this point, I'm like, OK, so, something in the movie. That happened that's already in the movie. He, he did or had was responsible for. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But um, it was a cool way to see again, like what the novel format lets you do is it affords asides like this. It affords different perspectives from other characters um and the movie mask of the phantasm is rightfully so really it, it actually it deals with you know flashbacks and different perspectives and stuff centered around its main characters really mm -hmm. well um but what this chapter does is it lets you see and what the book I think over does a good job overall is it it shows you more of the perspective of Gotham as a city, um, yep. in reaction to this. And this is something that we talked a lot about in um, 
I think it was in our Dark Knight novelization. It had a lot of stuff like that also um, that I thought people. was good. They're good people here. Yeah, exactly. As he says in Batman Begins, they're good people. But, uh, but chapter 26 here, it's a good way to to show like uh, how Gotham is reacting to this. Yeah. And you all, it, you also get Dr. Tom, uh, Leslie Tompkins inserted uh, into the fabric of mask of the phantasm, which I think is a total gift. So it was really yep. cool to kind of see this. Absolutely. And total. And by gift. the time this, yeah. And by the time this chapter is over, I'm like, okay, I, I'm not going to expect Leslie Tompkins in, to show back up or have a scene or something, but like, I, I, I'm sure Burton Ernie will show back up, but uh, but, I, uh, but I know these, you know, these pictures he's been taking. I think that's going to ha- come back up somehow. So adding on to like what you said of it's you're seeing this community that around the clinic and Tompkins's clinic in which we know that characterization of her from the show. I don't know anybody right. who doesn't like her from the show. Um, and how just because that area got bad, like she felt like, well, then I'm needed here more. And you see the people that rally around that, you know, and good old Bert and Ernie, he has fallen into that as well, because what he says, love, he's a, he showed up to help and like as a job and he took with him an apple and crackers and he saw somebody needed the apple so he yeah. gave them the apple and then he left. But then he realized yeah. he left his camera back at the clinic. Well, then Valestra's townhouse is close. So there's the big explosion. And there's kind of chaos around and everything. And he goes back to the clinic. But then you just see as he's helping people. Maggie's helping. Um, I forget. I forget who the mom is. But then her daughter is Tansy, who dresses up like Batwoman and calls for her Raggedy right. Ann doll, a.k.a. Robin. That she's um, turned into Robin. Yeah. Yeah. And you hear all of that and everything. And then and then you get Tompkins as kind of a payoff for this scene and how she mentions about I think she's the one that has his camera and is like, and you forgot something. And then also this and this. And Maggie kind of like uh talks him up to her of like everything we needed done, he basically got done today. And Tompkins is like, Well, we don't pay very much, but we have other things to help. And Good old Bert Nerney is just like, you know, he's all in on this. And it's like, awesome. Yeah. So not only is we got to check in on Tompkins, we got to see more of that community um, as like a ray of hope in Gotham. That's there around her. But then also we're getting more of good old Bert Nerney that is like, oh, okay, this is actually a, this is the good dude that they've created yeah. here. Small thing, not a huge deal, but it's the legend of Bert Nerney. That's right. And I too <laughs> felt like, we're not done with him. Yeah. So let's put a pin in that and we'll come back to old Mr. Burton and Ernie <laughs> here in the future. But it's funny because okay. you and I were texting back and forth about, uh, we said Robin and I was talking yeah. about this chapter because of when, um, Tansy, AKA Batwoman calls out to Raggedy Ann, AKA Robin. Right. You're like, no, that's not what I'm talking about. And I was like, Oh, well, following chapter in the movie where you see that Alfred is bandaging up Bruce because Bruce, I mean, hold on. After the whole, you know, as we know in the movie, the total year one nod of, you know, SWAT teams chasing Batman and mm-hmm. he puts the cape and cowl on the sawhorse and grapples it up to the helicopter and gets shot. And then 
you know, he is, uh, he's barely getting out of that thing alive. Yeah. Andreas like he's bleeding. I think didn't they say like, he that was bleeding. one of the only times they let him show visible blood in the series or something like they thought I think they wouldn't in, be able to the, get away with it. In the movie it. that, and then, uh, at the end and Joker gets his at the tooth end. knocked out and he has blood. Yeah. Maybe that's yeah. the only blood in the movie. I mean, but, compared uh, to like the regular animated series, like they couldn't show blood sure. like that in a normal TV episode. So they got to gotcha. show it in the movie. This is a theatrical release. Bring in the yeah. blood. Um, but yeah. Alfred's is Alfred's doing that. He mentions it's not in the movie. And this was the thing where I'm like, oh, it was mentioned in the movie. So the, well, we, the chapter we just read gives more context to that line in the movie, but it wasn't right. even mentioned in the movie that Alfred talks right. about how Leslie Tompkins is really worried about Batman. And was it mentioned in that last chapter? I think so, of like a little context too, to um, go to, I can't just say one, Bert and Ernie. Um, something about Tompkins doesn't believe the papers. Right villainizing yeah, Bat- she's got a soft spot for batman yeah. like she's kind of a champion for him yeah she's a champion mm-hmm. for him and so he thinks he's being set up yeah it's it's nice that next chapter two then of she's referenced um and then alfred gets a phone call yeah this is the robin you were talking about when we were right. texting back and forth so then right. I did. And then you were like, I think we just spoiled each other because yeah. I hadn't gotten to the point. But you remembered this part of and stuff like that from reading it earlier. Yeah. But um, that's a nice check in, too, because there I do remember thinking that it never ruined the movie for me. I just remember thinking of like, oh, where's Robin? Where's Robin? I wonder what Robin. I wonder what Robin's doing. Yeah. Yeah. But not like they, even even to, even to the point of thinking like this is uh it's like robin you know robin exists in this part of the timeline you know but like where you know what's robin doing you know Mm -hmm. so you just yeah of course there's plenty of episodes of the animated series where he's not present but exactly this is the big movie so it felt like uh maybe they could but your mind but again it's like there's i wonder oh yeah because that's like there's no robin there's no harley quinn this could be before harley quinn was harley was even there you know yep so for me like in reading this that's like a watching the movie i can be like this happens off screen alfred leaves the room he talks to dick on the phone and then brings the tray in and is like oops because andre and bruce are making out so while he leaves the room he talks to dick on the phone that's my mind continuity now thanks totally thanks to gg in his novelization yeah. of Mask of the Fantasy. Right. Yeah. Um, let's see here. I mean, the the rest of the notes that I have, I mean, they're they're all minor except for one, which <laughs> just hang in there. Uh, the <laughs> flashback of when the Beaumonts escape. Well, um, Joker is the one that's out in the car watching over the place. Well, we see in the movie that they that um Papa Beaumont and Andrea sneak out the back, but in the book, it adds Joker's in the car. He does hear them, but at that time, he does see like a squirrel starts to fall, so he thinks it's a squirrel. He's playing solitaire in the car, but then he grabs a gun because he's going to shoot the squirrel, and he's kind of cheering on the squirrel to drop so he could shoot it, but then the curl, the yeah. squirrel caught its you know, caught its feet and then took off, and he puts the gun down. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, I see why that wasn't made for the movie. That's just like... yeah. Ah. 
<laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> but it's such I, like a like weird, interesting proto jokery thing. Yeah, like I also don't necessarily see that for this interpretation of the Joker, but also this is like he wasn't the Joker though. He was, right. uh, you know, a uh, hired gun or one yeah. of the right hand dudes. Um, Joker into Arthur's office mostly plays the same. There is a book typo though, in which it calls um instead of saying Reeves, it says Beaumont. Mm-hmm. So GG. Um, his assistant is Robert in the book. Um, Robert calls and says, you know, the Andrea's on the line in the movie. It's a woman. Um, she's not right. named. I've always wondered, and it doesn't say it in the book either. What does Joker do to Arthur? We see the the shadow on the wall or their outline, like their silhouette. Shadow on the wall. I That's never is shadow on the wall. Yeah. Okay. But Who sings it? You see the shadow on the wall. I think I think you see um It looks like I always thought he stabbed him. It like to me it made me feel like like Joker Venom injection. <laughs> But like, uh, I, I always, I always wonder. He's like, so I'm knocking his hands out of the way and he's like injecting him with Joker venom of some sort. Yeah. Or Joker was, toxin. And I was looking forward to it and reading here of like, oh, we're going to get a description of what happened. A description of it. <laughs> I think, uh, I mean, there's, there, there's the Batman adventure that sequelizes the mask of the phantasm mm-hmm. and uh, Reeves comes back in that. And they, I believe they explicitly say like, what, what happened there? Which, but which it's like was it's that like one, one, one or two. It's really it's it's the cover that's got um the phantas. It's it's the Joker dressed up with his phantasm, and the Joker is taking the mask yeah. off. And I've, I've only read that there. like twice, so it's very fuzzy to me of what happens in that. Yeah. Hmm. Future episode maybe, but that but this yeah that'd be a good future episode for sure. Dive in. Oh, uh, let's see in the in the hospital that hardly any dialogue different here's another color thing it says that uh reeves is in a green gown at the hospital in the movie he's in a white shirt and shorts small minor but also another thing like i've said a couple times already of like huh i wonder how that got there being (laughs) different yeah oh let's see joker he talks so the flashback to find out what actually happened to papa beaumont um joker standing outside he actually talks. He says, um, actually has dialogue. And one's like, I hope you didn't shop for two or something like mm-hmm. that, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Then we're back at the World's Fair, like for the, you know, the the final showdown um, Joker dialogue. He he says, Budinsky's, I've got half a mind to demand a refund on admission, which is also like <laughs> what's not, it's different in the book. I think he might say like, uh, over here in the movie, it's ingrained in my head. Joker from a distance when Batman's looking for him, he goes, Yoo-hoo! Yoo-hoo! And then he does the old, yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, 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 his legs up high as he goes and running and stuff, which is always funny to yeah. me. Um, I envisioned the, the description of all the action seems very much the same, nothing different as everything plays out like you, like you know, in the movie, um, mm-hmm. to the Bat Cave. Batman talking with Alfred dialogues pretty much the same. Like everything starts to play out here. And he finds Mostly. the locket. Then we get to second to last chapter. And I'm like, oh, we got to get to 
um, seeing Andreas on on the boat, you know, but it doesn't. The second to last chapter doesn't start off like on the boat. Instead, it says we have to wrap up the legend of Bert and Ernie. <laughs> and that's when I was like, oh, OK, I know who Bert <laughs> and Ernie is. Yep. Me oh, too. my God. Here what we go. Did they, they did it, didn't they? <laughs> They, Holy they did this. Sneaky I was devils. So impressed. Yeah. So his heroics of like his pictures, he get after looking over the pictures that he took from that incident way back in chapter five, you were able to see that it was not Batman that was responsible for that car, you know, traveling, crashing into the building. Instead, there's another character. He submitted that into, into a contest. Uh in which he won. Dr. Tompkins was so relieved that, you know, basically he was that Batman was, oh, there we go. The headline mystery villain snapped at scene. Amateur Shutterbug clears Batman, clears his Amateur name. Shutterbug. All is great. Bert and Ernie. Yeah. Make that be Ernie, Amateur Shutterbug, he thought proudly. Um, so he won. Let's see. It was it submitted in the Times, won a cash reward in which good old Bert and Ernie wanted to give that to the clinic. Now, let me just say this. Bert had purchased three copies of the Times, one to send to his parents, you know, that were so worried way back when of what he's right. going to do with his life. One to keep in his room and one to have framed because they would asked him for his friends down at the center. When he had showed up that morning, they were waiting for him, all gathered together in the big room. After they had ooed and awed for a while about the newspaper, Dr. T had presented him with a ticket they had gotten for him with some of the money. Six days in the Caribbean, all expenses paid. That's so the Nolan moment right there. It is. Nolan. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I was like, oh my God. It's like they took the, it's like <laughs> the, uh, the John Blake approach to, Journey. to the you guy use your at real the name. end. You should use your real yeah, name. I, Robin. I like that name. Robin. I know, <laughs> but it is. Then, it's like they took. The, you go ahead. No, no, no. It's okay. Um, you and I, we know where we're going. If somebody's yeah. listening, they know where we're going now. They know where he's, we're going. He's on the cruise ship. He's got a crown. Uh, and here they say that he's got a Three Stooges tie on. Um, yeah, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, flourish there. And he saw a woman. Let's see. I, I want to get the description exactly right. Moon stuff from behind some high clouds. He became aware of the woman standing silently by the railing about 20 feet down the deck. Her skirt and jacket were black, which was why he hadn't noticed her when he first came out. Watched her for a few moments like a creeper. Uh, da, 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 da. He was wearing the one he had the crown. Uh, the one first up last birthday. He thought the three stooges tie looked very jolly with the moonlight hitting their wise comical faces he approached her and he said it's quite a sight she says yes quite a sight her voice was soft almost a whisper he waited another 30 seconds not sure of the etiquette involved when meeting someone at sea then he moved a couple of steps closer and stuck out his hand bert and ernie he said <laughs> <laughs> uh this tender moment bert and ernie bert Excuse and ernie me? are you talking about the sesame street characters <laughs> um, no woman made no response, staring out at the slow rise and fall of the waves as if she hadn't heard him. After a few seconds go by, 
He says, I'm sorry, have you lost someone? Her voice seemed to come from a very great distance. Then she answered him, yes, I have. In the movie, it's, do you want to be alone? She says, I am. I now, am, yeah. Bam! They saw this guy in the very end of the freaking movie and said, <laughs> let's give him a legend. Let's build That's this real. character out. <laughs> so that I man couldn't that believe it. 10 seconds of screen time at the end of the freaking yeah, yeah. movie. He has yeah. now after reading this book, he has a whole freaking story. He's got a legend canon. of Burton. He's got a whole canon. canon. Yes. Yeah. He's uh, got a name, a backstory, parents. He's in Bruce Wayne's past. He's interacted and <laughs> with the phantasm, like they and they don't even know it. You know, like he's so so uh, so instrumental, and they don't even know. This was the gift of reading the novelization, and yeah. I'm not saying that it's the kind of thing that you. Ass. No, it totally. It's the kind of thing that you hope to get in a novel to where mm-hmm. you, at the end of the day, like all of the, oh that's just like the movie that's just like the movie like we're gonna remember the legend of mm-hmm. burton ernie when you say like oh the man- <laughs> mask of the phantasm novelization will be like oh that was the major thing that they added to the movie the, the so book. i kind of i feel bad for whoever has not read the novel and is going to listen to this because yes. they will not get to experience this the way that you and i did they won't Organically, get to the, just john, the john blake moment uh, yeah um, and it is a John Blake moment because like when you watch the Dark Knight Rises and you see Blake, you watch the whole movie and you're like, there's something about this character. There's mm-hmm. something about him. He's going to be more than John Blake. And he turns out to be Robin. It's the same thing here. You read Burton Ernie, you're like, and you're, and it, but it's a weird experience. You mm-hmm. read Burton Ernie, he keeps showing up. You've seen, you're reading the book, having seen Mask of the Phantasm a thousand times. And you're like, who the hell is this guy? Something's going to happen. And towards the, I'm like, is he going to be the guy at the end on the boat? And he sure damn is. And it's delightful. Chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. Chef's Chef's kiss. It's delightful. Also, if you're ever wanting to approach someone, it's your perfect opener. Bert and Ernie. <laughs> it is. Bert and Ernie. Bert and Ernie. What? How you doing? <laughs> Three Stooges tie. Make sure you got that on. Complete the yeah. ensemble. And like a Burger yeah, King the, yeah. paper hey, crown you on your head. <laughs> the most obscure uh Halloween costume. Get a Burger King crown and a and uh you know a three stooges tie and oh, introduce yourself as Burton Ernie. And it two people two on awesome. this podcast will yeah. at least know who you're who you're supposed to be. Yeah, God, I I love that. That's such a great capper. And then to know yeah. just like the the very I said it was the second to last chapter because the very last chapter is chapter thirty eight. It's half a page and basically just describes the last shot that we see in the movie, which mm-hmm. is also like awesome. And like you pointed out, a great bookend for the novelization. Exactly. And similar to how it begins. It's a good old yep. circle. So yep. Pause, I always have to ask you now some questions. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, you've got a question. Now I for I know one of my questions, but I forget how I phrased the other one. So let me do the one that I do know. In what is your favorite part of the novelization that is not in the movie? The favorite part of the novelization that's not in the movie is chapter twenty six. Easily chapter twenty six. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's the most the most deviation. 
the most bang for your buck yep. edition that just expands what's already there without de- taking away. It only it, it's only adding, and it's mm-hmm. a, a nice exclusive to this uh, interpretation. Um. I mean, yeah, I I was just gonna say the my favorite is the Legend of Bert and Ernie, mm-hmm. uh, but I mean, if I have to if, narrow it down more, oh, to a chapter, yeah, overall, then, like then all definitely the 20, clearly chapter twenty six, yeah, just yeah. for everything like you said, that's just like such a good addition that, as mm-hmm. you said now too, is like yeah, definitely canon. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I used to have like I don't remember. My other question would be something of like something the book that you're glad wasn't in the movie or something in the movie that wasn't in mm. that like I but I don't remember what the phrasing on that of it was um because now I just like it's maybe something that didn't make it to screen that you're glad that it didn't I don't know you don't even have to answer mm-hmm. that that's a half-assed question mm-hmm. is there anything that sticks out to you that you were happy to read in the book and glad it wasn't in the movie. I'm look I mean, if I have anything. Maybe, maybe. I mean, it's there's certain o- obvious things. Um, I mean, of course, the Burton Ernie stuff would be kind of it wouldn't work. The, the, the Rob the the Robin scene the Robin scene uh, mm-hmm. or the Dick Grayson phone call scene that just kills pacing or you know just things like that. But, I think... uh, it's great in the novel. I think mine would maybe be when Batman goes into her hotel room when Arthur walks her up. Mm-hmm. It's a t- it kind of answers my like I don't know, I'm kind of bending the rules a little bit. It was just portrayed, described different in the book, played out different in the book than how it was in the movie. And I'm glad they each mm-hmm. took their own their own paths. Yeah, yeah. Um. So I guess like um final like final say on the novel then the novelization. What would you have to say about? Batman Mask of the Fan wait Mask of the Phantasm Batman the animated movie the novelization yes yes um I think it's a very successful novelization and mm-hmm. kind of ends up being good as I always kind of dreamed it would be as a kid looking at it from the outside well, oh I bet this is cool the only thing missing is the is the Batwing man yep. where's that where's that <laughs> Batwing yeah, we gotta we traded the Batwing for Burton Ernie, but um, that's a good trade up. But yeah, it's and it's and it does feel like that good, like adult level for the lack of better term novelization where it's more than just uh descriptions of the scenes. It really fleshes out more of the characters. You get more perspectives, uh, and different viewpoints, different scenes from the movie like you said are switched around or this perspective has changed and you get more of a read on the Mm -hmm. setting and place in goth in gotham city and it it's just kind of incredible that because the when you watch the movie let me let me think about how to phrase this around the movie is really impressive because of how much flashback stuff there is. And it's mm-hmm. kind of really bold and risky. And I, I remember being super engaged with the movie as a kid, even though from looking from the outside in, you know, an executive might be like, people aren't going to want to watch a love story with 
Batman. Like kids want Batman or whatever. Uh, but I remember loving the movie, obviously, as a kid. But if you have never read, if you've never seen the movie and you start reading this book, you might think, like, how in the hell did they turn this into a movie? Because mm-hmm. it's like there's flashbacks and memories and intrigue and there's a mystery. It's like, how how how's this going to possibly be interpreted into an animated movie? And I think that's a compliment to both, mm-hmm. really, um, that the movie structurally ties it, lends itself really well for expansion in a novel like this. Aggressive expansion. Love, <laughs> oh, yeah, novels love to take these little like chapter asides and flashbacks and stuff like that. And movies don't do that as much. Um, mm-hmm. And the fact that it's this, you know, Batman animated series movies. It, it's just more even that much more reflective of the risks they took and how successful it was because, um, you know, everybody uh, right for rightfully so gives Batman begins a ton of credit for being able to do a lot of the things that this movie did years before, but you know, Batman begins, you've got the love story, you've got the flashbacks, you've got the, all these things like leading up to him becoming Batman um but mask of phantasm does a lot of that stuff and it does and it did it first so it's kind of uh kind of incredible to be able to have this extra expanded version of the of a story that we all love um Mm -hmm. to kind of keep going here 30 years later uh i i just think i think it was a lot of fun it's similar to you brought up the Dark Knight adaptation that you and I talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, a movie that's a movie I know so well, and so you're really looking for are there some fun little additional moments? Some yeah, clever little dialogue here or something like that mixed in, and there was. Uh, same thing here, and for a movie that now for you know for thirty years that I've been watching and I know. So it's fun to spot those things that are different. And then of course, to go even deeper and like some of these lines and start questioning, like, wait, was that in the movie or is it not in the movie? Wait, was there one word change? Bah, 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 bah. Hey, the color's different. He's not wearing a green gown, you know, stupid stuff like that. But then you get the legend of Burton Ernie and stuff like that. And it yeah. just makes it, it's a fun for someone who's even going to listen to a Batman book club podcast I think it's a kind of thing that they would want to seek out to read also because it's just like, well, sure, let's see what yeah. let's see what's in here. Let's see what's different. Let's experience the like the movie, the story in a in a different and way. And it's totally it's worth a, it. And for me, it was really fun to to actually like not try to think about or catch the differences or let them trip me up too much because I didn't want that to be a disservice to the book, really. And especially, and I think I started to think that once I hit the Burton Ernie chapter, I was like, oh, okay, okay. I'm going to let this book be, be its own thing for a little bit and see yeah. what's going. And, and, you know, that even in the Dark Knight novel, that point actually happens around like the Scarecrow stuff where you have the whole aside yeah. with the Scarecrow. And this is what happens between Batman Begins and the Dark Knight and stuff. Yeah. Um, but the way that this book is written, I mean, it's a really well written book. It really, it has a really nice flow to it um the way things are described and the way um action kind of gets laid out uh i just thought it was really really nice really well done and even the additions like you know they're additions but the 
the way like the way they tie back in you know you have your chapter 26 burton ernie chapter but then the next chapter bruce is being patched up and alfred's just saying like oh yeah dr tompkins called and stuff and so it just i feel like when i watch the movie again it i will be thinking about like oh i know who that is you know or i know Mm -hmm. like what's going on in the periphery around the city and it's just going to enhance my my viewing experience the next time i watch it in 4k with upgraded (laughs) upgraded 5.1 surround sound exactly uh hoss wait there's more what you sort of brought it up uh really quickly and we're not doing another episode about the Batman Mask of the Phantasm comic comic adaptation because we're going to talk about it right now because you and I both thought it's so quick and brief we can tag it on the end of this it's conversation. A breeze. <laughs> yeah. Uh this this beast the cover of this one so Batman Mask of the Phantasm the comic adaptation. So referenced it briefly earlier but let's go ahead now it um, when I looked online, it had a cover date of like the, you know, the regular size comic and a newsstand version released in January mm-hmm. 1994, uh, mm-hmm. written by Kelly Puckett, penciler and Mike Parabek, inker mm-hmm. Rick Burchett and colorist Rick Taylor. Uh, this was also shrunken down in size and was popped in the clamshell case of Batman Mask of the Phantasm uh, released later that year. It is also available digitally for a dollar ninety nine and it is I think it's available or it's available in the recently released the Batman is it the Batman Adventures omnibus that was released earlier this is year. it in the omnib the, the big omnibus it's in the big okay. omnibus um which I held off because I bought all the paperbacks like over I the did past too. three years and I, I got think... all of the things in order like the one, two, three, four. I've got Batman Adventures and then Batman and Robin Adventures all on yeah, the wall. And it I looks see them. nice. I see them over his yeah. shoulder. It looks good. It's in the it's in a more my style of paper, also. And mm. I guess the omnibus is a little more glossy. So mm-hmm. I mean, I've heard nothing negative about the omnibus. Worth it. Great. I'm just like, oh, I don't think I need the omnibus because I have all the trades. I love the trades. Right. I'm good with the trades. Um, so which is why I've I went digital and uh, got Mask of the Phantasm on that. I did not check to see if it's on DC Universe Infinite or not. It so is. You, you can look that. It is. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let me let me rephrase. It's also available on DC Universe Infinite, but it is not available yeah. on my favorite app of all time, Hoopla. So you mm. and I read this uh, really quick so we could so we could mention it and talk about it because we're doing and Mask it's of available Phantasm. in the 4K if you got the if you got there you the go thank 4K you 4K Best Buy version you get another small. A new version of the small version. So Ryan House has 15 copies of Batman Mask of the Phantasm. That is correct. So you check this out again before um, for this episode. What version? Yes. Did you did you look at your other one that came with your 4K? Yep. That, right that was my excuse. That was my excuse to read the the newest version I got. Yep. The I looked at it on digital. Do you remember the first time that you read this? I read it when it first came out because I probably had it with the. I probably got the small one with the VHS, but I totally got the bigger versions as soon as I saw them in the in the comic store. So it would have been early 94, I'm sure. 
I got the little comic that came with the VHS. And let me tell you quickly the tragedy involving Batman Masks of Fantastic oh, comic no. book adaptation. I took that everywhere with me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Everywhere. The fact that it was because it was small was... and the and but still had like slightly <laughs> thicker paper, so it was a little bit more resilient it than was... your normal comic budget. It was so easy to take with me everywhere. And I, yeah. we went to a family friend's house. And I remember I had it with me. I don't know why I was playing outside and had it with me. And I dropped it <laughs> on their porch. And it slipped through the wood on their oh, porch. Oh, no. Could not get to it. Oh, no. I knew it was under there. Never to be seen again. It That's stormed, terrible. it rained, all that, and I I have not owned it physically since. So yeah, it was sad. Always sad. I always thought about that. So then when they did release, um, that with the 4K, I was like, oh my god, they're even doing the miniature. I actually didn't mm-hmm. know for the longest time that they had a regular size of it because I just thought, oh, right. they just it just came with the movie. It's only in little, yeah, like the little size. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so in reading this now, which has been the first time forever. Uh, this is so fast of a read, which is funny yeah. to me because it says digitally that it's 63 pages. It may not even take you 16 minutes to get through it. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's, dialogue. it really does. And yeah. to come from reading the novelization to the comic. It is such a like bullet points. The novelization expanding, whereas this is just like cutting left and right. Um, yeah. Impressively it's, 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 so, it's one of those it's impressively so and, it, and a lot of the same facets come up when for some of the other adaptations about like the batman 89 adaptation it's like they're they're making this to the page count like they've got yeah. like you've got 60 whatever pages you gotta fit the whole movie in there so that's why you have entire scenes that you know i'm they kind of work but i I only know what happens because I've seen the movie, <laughs> you know, yep. you have one page from of like Batman seeing Chucky Saul's car crash through and, and then he and Batman turns around and then he sees the phantasm leave. But that's like two. It's like two scenes or three put together and it happens in like a page. The like the press <laughs> conference is like two panel, you know, the, following it. They hit, like the, they hit the big points that you need to. Uh, yes. And then they just move it along. So, I mean, it's almost like what you'd expect. Um, the biggest thing that stood out to me was the colors of some things. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, Bronski's wreath is green yet again. So in <laughs> two in two right. forms, it's green and one it's black. All, but his henchmen are dressed like in a bright, like a red hat, bright green like trench coat, green, green pants. And it's like, that's just using like one specific example, but it's so different. Cause even, uh, Sal in his, in his home, he's in this like sort of Christmas green chair, which is different mm-hmm. than like the movie. It just seems like there's a lot of coloring choices that are like different from the movie. And it's just kind of interesting of like, I wonder like, yet again, with the, the coloring of that, of, I and not bothered by it, just another curiosity of like, huh, I wonder, is this is even more this is even closer to the movie than the novel is. Like you're visually representing 
the movie here and yet the coloring choices are different in a lot of things and sometimes even minor choices but uh the the the, the biker gang taking out the jewelry vendor is different in every single freaking form <laughs> here the one right. guy looks like he's a uh, oh my gosh i'm i'm blanking uh, spielberg was attached to do this movie for this dc movie for the pilots <laughs> or whatever um yeah oh my gosh i'm blanking on whoever that is the, justin kowalski knows the black hawks black hawks the one guy looks like yeah. that um the jewelry vendor looks different than what's described in the book as well as what shows up visually so it's that aside though i mean most of the dialogues ripped right out of the movie couple yeah a couple little things um i just flipped now to when Sal and Joker meet up for the first time in the, let's see, it's the book in here and how he says, Oh, Salvatore, why so far? Mi Casa Nostra is Su Casa Nostra. Um, the book, I think he just says, I mean, the movie, I think he's like, Mi Casa is Su Casa, and that's it. Like small things like that to where it is like, Oh, okay. So those only enhance that. Okay. I think the script had this. The book picked it up. Yeah. The comic had it, but the movie is like, we need, let's make a cut. Yep. There. Sure. <clears throat> um, but I mean, for the most part, that's, I mean, it's, it's kind, I don't want to say bare bones because that almost sounds too like negative. It definitely manages to fit the story into its limited pages. Yeah. And, and then, and at this the very is, end, and this, we do see Bert and Ernie. <laughs> yeah. They didn't, they didn't excise Bert and Ernie. <laughs> From the story, he's still he's still there for sure. Um, yeah, like in terms of the colors, like I think that's probably closer. Like, comes more down to like the colors they had available at the time, yeah, to use for printing. Makes sense. Um, and they got close. And this is like the um, the Batman Adventures team doing this yeah. too, right? So mm -hmm. the the renditions are really good. They look just like they should from they just look just like the characters from the uh the normal batman and adventures comics which means they look really close to they're on model to what the movie is and what the animated series is and yeah. it's it's really cool that we've got this version of it in a comic book form uh because it's a nice union to the other uh batman mm -hmm. adventures comics because you know that's that that series is all original stuff, which means we don't it's not like we have adaptations of all the other episodes really of the animated series. Like we've got Mad Love, right? But yeah, that's its own separate thing. Also, it was a comic first, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it was a comic first, and then they turned it into animation, which is that's an even another interesting yeah. adaptation. Yep. Um I agree. So yeah, like it's it would be my, you know, in terms of uh, the hierarchy, their stack ranking of uh, movie, book, comic adaptation, it would be third place for me in terms of Same like here. which one would you pick. Um, but in a pinch, when you're a kid and you got a small comic and you want to experience <laughs> that story, uh, you can't really you can't really beat it. Yep. Uh, back that was when I couldn't I couldn't watch things on the go. So you take exactly. the comic because that's how that's how you're able to. Yeah. Uh, we can't sneak out without me asking you. 
um, two questions on this as well. And Haas, um, this can be however, but favorite part of the comic. Favorite part of the comic. Um, goodness. I mean, I'll go back to when I was a kid. I would ne- I would never turn my nose up at the big splash page. Like I love the, I always love the ending. You know, the ending uh-huh. of the movie, the ending of the, of the yep. book, like the the ending of this, and you compare this to the end the end page shot of the eighty nine adaptation. Like they're really similar. You know, Batman swinging over the rooftop with the bat signal behind him. Can't really beat that. Yeah. That's a good one, I think, and I'm glad that I just like looked this over because we referenced earlier in our conversation the one page that is him getting the ring back morphs him into putting on the suit for the first time. It's a full page, yeah. but it's full of one, two, three, four, like yeah, six panels, but the whole page tells the story. It's also got the of second him. panel, which makes me think episode three of Star Wars. Of no! Star Wars, no. And the co- <laughs> have you seen the comic adaptation of that? No, the I comic haven't. adaptation has the no just like this, just like this. And oh, man. yeah, and that that's what I was going to bring up earlier when you said like in the in the novel, like it describes Rise like anguish. Yeah, Bruce is really anguished about it and stuff. And I'm like, well, that's kind of what they did in <laughs> in the in the comic adaptation where in the movie he's just like you get the score and he's just, he just drops his head heartbroken. But yeah, and that works just the like the best. That yeah, works the best way in my in my head. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um let's see. How about a favorite panel? Favorite panel would be here on page 33 really love the way that they do the um the bats coming out of the bat cave uh, yes and nice. it goes across multiple panels um yeah yeah i think that's probably one of the more dynamic uh panel layouts of the of the whole book you know the the that page and of course the the next one when he um suits up for the first time those are both really good suit me up uncle alfred uh let's see batman should have said that yeah (laughs) uh mine oh my god i can never get enough um let's see this is page wait hold on a second sorry page nine give me a wayne manor exterior shot oh yeah all day every day and that's classy it's classic uh, animated series, the moon shining and everything. Um, simple but effective. I, I was going to say, there was, I forget what part, if it's at the very end or what, but Joker references the addition of one of his lines. He says something about, like, whatever he's describing, since the last Arkham Christmas party. Oh, yeah. That was in the novelization was not in the movie and it is here in the comic adaptation and when i read it in the novel and then also when i read it again in here i just quickly just thought of uh christmas with the joker because <laughs> i mean arkham at christmas so uh there we go i'm with you on of the three the comic adaptation is third place but also like massive fans like us i mean like yeah get it if you can read it it's something fun to just have it's comforting to have 
it's nostalgic to have a lot mm-hmm. of good things. So, uh, Mr. Haas, that's gonna. I think I'm gonna put a put a bow on that. Oh, for our master of the fantasy. No you got something ba- else. There's a bat. There's a bat cycle, but there's no Batwing in the novel. In the in the, the comic. There you go. Yes. It also skips that. that whole thing. Just just like the novel, it skips the whole the Batwing thing. So, man, what did they have against the Batwing? No. That's it. Uh, okay. Uh, thanks for coming on and talking Mask of the Phantasm with me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Why don't you go ahead and uh, plug away anything and everything that you'd like? Oh, well, we're celebrating all kinds of Batman, the animated movie, Mask of the Phantasm stuff. I'm sure there's a Batman. <laughs> Is it going to be a, I guess it's going to be a Batman animation that's coming out where we're going to talk about Mask I think of the so. Phantasm. Yeah. Uh, so check that out if that's I'm sure that'll be out around the same time this is or I'm not sure the schedule but around the same time around the same time if you're listening to this you know where to find the Batman on film podcast and all the shows that go on with that network so of course do that follow me on the website formerly known as Twitter uh, at SMB underscore Ryan and uh, follow Super Mario Brothers the movie archive website uh at smb movie and smbmovie.com and we are releasing that 4k ultra high def trust the fungus ultimate collector's edition of the movie and it comes out in late january so you can boom go yeah so just go to find us on there or look up the umbrella entertainment um 4k version of Super Mario Brothers, and you can still purchase it. It's going to be crazy. Well, features so a lot are of amazing. stuff included in that. They're so it's so stuff. good. Yep. Um, excellent. Um, for the Batman Book Club, uh, go to the site formerly known as Twitter and Instagram. Type in at the Batman BC where you can follow for latest episode drops, upcoming episodes, and sometimes even some giveaways. Make sure to subscribe to the Batman Book Club YouTube channel on YouTube. Link to that is in the description of this episode. If you want to support the show, there's a variety of ways that you can do that. Also, like I already said at the top of the show, patreon.com slash the Batman BC, tpublic.com, type in TBBC for the Batman Book Club. And also, if you want to support the show, but you don't want to spend any money at all, it's 100% A-OK. The easiest, quickest, and most impactful thing you can do, go to the rate and review of this show whatever podcast platform that you use. So Apple, Spotify, Amazon, Google Play, iHeartRadio, wherever, just go rate and review the show because the more reviews the show gets, the more out spread the word. And as we all know, the word is panic. Panic. Now, uh, we can't, I think it's almost a requirement that if you talk about Mask of the Phantasm, um, you have to end the show with Tia Carreras, I never even told you. So, yes, For Ryan Haas, I am Ryan Lauer. And until next time, read more Batman comics. Do that. And now enjoy. Enjoy.